Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Retro Film Reviews. That's right, I'm finally doing another one. First time since I think the Adams Family one was the last one that I did. Uh, I'm too lazy to double check that. Actually, no, I'm not double too lazy. Let me check that right now. Uh, see, scrolling, 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 yeah, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Yes, I think it's at the Adams Family, you know, double feature that I did. Uh, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Yes, it is now. I just wasted a whole however many seconds scrolling through my feed to make sure that I had that. But anyways, yes, Retro Film Reviews is back. Uh, I was gonna, I was supposed to have done a couple of these by now, but I'm actually going to try to record a couple of them this week, so, and I'm starting off with one of my favorite films of all time, Spaceballs, directed and starring and produced and written by the wonderful, legendary Mel Brooks, and it's also starring the late John Candy, and <clears throat> and Rick Moranis, and Daphne Zuniga, and Bill Pullman, uh, as well as Joan Rivers, uh, Dick Van Patten. And uh, I think also the voice of Dom DeLuise for the character Pizza the Hut. And this is probably my, f I was thinking about it earlier today, like it's probably my favorite Mel Brooks movie because he's made a lot of great movies. I, I would I probably, I would actually honestly say maybe tied with uh, Young Frankenstein is my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Uh, and then uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights is very close as well. Um, you know, I probably say... Yeah, like, you know, interchange, like, Spaceballs and Young Frankenstein, you know, you can flip them, you know, between one and two, and then number three would be Robin Hood Men in Tights. And the rest of the Mel Brooks movies can, you know, go in whatever order that they are. But, yes. Spaceballs, the movie, and the Blu-ray that I have, it's the Your Helmet is So Big edition, which one of the, my favorite features that's on here is that you can watch the film in ludicrous speed, which is literally just the entire film sped up in... Uh, for 30 seconds. It's the entire film in 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, and I, I love that that feature even exists. You know, that they actually spent the time to include that feature on there. But yeah, Spaceballs, like I said, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. And it is a movie that I don't even have to watch it. Because I've seen it so many times that every scene, every second of every scene is ingrained in my memory. That I can, I can just go off by that. But... An excuse, you know, to watch the movie again. I'm happy to take that. And it's, yeah, it's basically, yeah, just a spoof of, you know, of course, Star Wars and Star Trek, and other, they throw in other little references in there. Um, like they're at the, you know, of course, you know, when I do these retro film reviews, it's full of spoilers. So anyone who hasn't seen the movie, sorry that I'm going to be spoiling it for you. But anyways, uh, at the end of the movie, they do the little moment where they spoof the ending of the original Planet of the Apes. Uh, which is just, just, when I was a kid, when I was a little, little kid, when I first saw the movie, uh, I didn't understand it, but as I've gotten older, and I've seen the Planet of the, all of the Planet of the Apes movies, I understand it now. But, yeah, uh, Rick Moranis is the Darth Vader of this movie, known as Dark Helmet, which, I mean, this, <laughs> this is, I, I don't really know how, how best to describe it, it's, because the helmet is literally like a Darth, like a Darth Vader helmet, but it's so freaking large. I mean, just look, look just look at the, the cover. Look at if if you're watching this on YouTube, look at the cover of the Blu-ray. That is literally the helmet on Rick Moranis's head. I love that. It's uh, and that his suit is essentially a spandex leotard with little leather or pleather patches, uh, sim like he's simulating like a, a a tie, and like like a little. Th like the shorts that looks kind of looks like a diaper and like and then like little Shakespearean boots and then like le leather welding gloves uh, and the cape of course because you know Darth Vader had a cape and when he has the the face covering down he speaks in a Darth Vader kind of voice but then when he pulls the thing up it's he speaks in his normal Rick Moranis voice and like in the opening, they have the big ship that's supposed to be like you know like the the Star Destroyer that we see in the opening of the original Star Wars, and it's called the the ship is called Spaceball One, and you know you see it scrolling across the screen, and it's like literally almost an entire almost an entire minute of the ship scrolling across the screen because of how big the ship is, and 
on the back there's a bumper sticker that says we break for nobody um and at the see forgot what the other character the actor's name is I think it's written right here uh George Weiner I think it's George Weiner that he plays the character of uh Colonel Sanders yes Colonel Sanders um that he's the second in command uh for for the Spaceballs troops uh and uh Mel Brooks plays President Scroob, who essentially it would be like the, the Emperor Palpatine in all of this. And he also plays the character Yogurt, who is supposed to be the Yoda of the story. And um, John Candy is the character Barf, which of course is supposed to be the Chewbacca of the story. And um, Bill Pullman is Lone Star, who is, a, who is basically a merger of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Um... And even, like, his vehicle, you know, it's supposed to be, like, the Millennium Falcon. It's a Winnebago known as the Eagle Five. And uh, Joan Rivers voices the, the 3PO character of the story named Dot Matrix. And Daphne Zuniga is uh, Princess Vespa, who is, of course, the, the Princess Leia of the story. And and uh, th- thought the whole movie, they, they talk about the, the power of the Schwartz uh, instead of the Force. Um, well, not throughout the movie. They, when they finally meet Yogurt, that's when they, when you find out about it. And the, instead of a lightsaber, they, they, they wear a ring that the saber comes out of for, for when they fight. And I don't know, when, when I, when I first saw it as a kid and I saw the ring, especially the one the dark helmet wears, I wanted one so badly. And I don't know if there's any stores out there, any online stores that sell replicas of those, but if they, if they exist, Please let me know on either commenting on the on the video for this or hitting me up on social media because I would very much love to have one of those. I I'm someone who likes who likes rings. I don't get to wear them at work like I, you know like I would want to, but you know because I I work in the medical field. You know I work for the hot for the hospital out here and I can't wear the you know excessive jewelry like that. But you know in my free time or when I'm you know doing everyday stuff like running errands, I sometimes will wear those rings. Um, and that is definitely a ring that I would happily wear if I get to own one. Um, but anyways, uh, um, the the way the story is that um, Dick Van Patten is a uh, is a uh, Princess Vespa's father. Uh, he's King Roland, um, and as uh, she's getting married to the character of Prince Valium, you know, like the drug Valium, and that he's sleeping all pretty much the entire time or falling asleep, and they have to keep nudging him to wake up. And uh, then, you know, Vespa, not wanting to get married to him, decides to run off. And that's where all the shenanigans start. And then that's when we get the introduction to Lone Star and Barf. Um, and then, um, you know, King Roland reaches out to, to Lone Star the, um, to ask for their assistance because they owe uh, one million space bucks to Pizza the Hut, who is like the costume itself is literally just like a a giant thing of pizza, and it like you see the cheese bubbling up in certain spots and the pep- pepperoni falling all over the place, um, and yeah, they 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 that the price on on them is one million space bucks, <laughs> and. They that's when they when they take they agree to take the job for King Roland to save his daughter because you know they're asking prices the one million space bucks that they can use to pay off Pizza the Hut, and <clears throat> and then you know she gets captured by by space by the space balls and they and yeah that's again all the shenanigans go go from there. And, uh, and then we get to see President Scroob, uh wanting to get an update on that because he's his whole thing is that he wanted to suck the air um, from shit. What's the, what's the name of the planet again? Uh, Druidia, yeah, the planet Druidia is is what it is. That they wanted to suck the air from the planet and keep it for you know this this you know this this for them. Um, um. Uh, which I don't entirely understand how any of that works. I mean, 
I mean, the kind of movie that it is, you're not supposed to take it seriously. Let me see, I got a little smudge on my screen over here. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at myself on the video recording, and I really need to get a haircut. Either I'll do it myself, or I'll, if the, you know, salons or barbers are open, I'll go get one sometime this week. But, anyways, back to the movie. Uh, the... And the other thing that I actually really liked when when they do when they have the first introduction of uh, Lone Star and Barf that the the the, the Eagle Five is slowly you know coming into this into the frame and they're playing Raise Your Hand by Bon Jovi and I think that was actually my introduction to Bon Jovi so you know thank you to Mel Brooks for making me a Bon Jovi fan um, and. Uh, uh, and then even the intro, the, even the the opening of the movie was like Star Wars, where but instead of you know the the Star Wars logo coming fr- away from the screen, sp- the Spaceballs logo came to the screen, and then we had the scroll that it said it was a chapter eleven, was was the was the, was, the, was the opening of the scroll, um, and at the end of the scroll it said if you can read this you don't need glasses, which I mean you see me if you're watching me on YouTube you see that I do need glasses. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just it's just the ridiculousness throughout this movie it is you know very much a signature of Mel Brooks his movies are hilariously ridiculous and the like it's it's especially this movie is very self-aware of what kind of movie it is what it's spoofing what it's doing and uh, when after we get the first introduction of of Dark Helmet, that he uses the the Spaceballs ring uh, and the power of the Schwartz and shoots like a little laser beam at this guy's dick because he he went he went over his helmet as he says uh, when contacting President Scroob to you know um, sorry get him an update on what on their mission to uh, kidnap the the princess and. Because at first he's like, no, 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 not that, and holds his neck, like, you know, you know, because, you know, Star Wars, Darth Vader chokes, used the Force choke, and, you know, he was doing that thing, making the audience think, oh, we're going to get that, but no, he shoots a little, yeah, a little laser beam from his Schwartz ring to the guy's dick, and, yeah, um, and then he goes over to, to the, where the radar is supposed to be, and it's, he's like, what's all that bubbling and churning? You call that a radar screen? And he's like, no, sir, we call it Mr. Coffee. And then he serves him a cup of coffee, and then, to, you know, to save face, Dark Helmet goes, yes, I always have coffee when I, when I watch radar, you know that, everybody knows that. And then they go to the radar, and they're showing uh, all that stuff, and then... Uh, Colonel Sanders, he says, you know, once, you know, once we have Princess Vespa, we'll we'll force King Roland to give us the combination to the air shield, thereby thereby destroying Planet Juridia and saving Planet Spaceballs. And then Dark Helmet go, looks right into the camera and says, everybody got that? And then gives like a devious look, and then takes a cup of a sip of his coffee and he spits it out because it's too hot. And and. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little sleepy. It's uh, 12.30 that I'm recording this right now. Um, usually, I'm usually in bed by this point, but yeah, so I'm, but I'm trying to do more for this wonderful, wonderful Minutes podcast channel for you lovely people that like to check out my stuff. So I'm doing, I'm doing this for you. Yes, I am. I'm doing this for you. And this is not for me. It is for you. And I'm going to keep on saying that to buy time until I open this water bottle. There we go, and and then once uh yeah this plant the space space walls one they have a uh, princess Vespa's vehicle in like a little little beam that's gonna suck the vehicle into their into the ship, um and then that's when Lone Star and Barf they 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 get there just in time before you know she's completely sucked into the ship. <laughs> And then they uh, they des- they they decide to jam the radar, and when they jam the radar, it's literally a jar of jam that launches at the radar. Uh, and then we have um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy from Police Academy. I can't remember his name. The one that does the that that, that makes the sound effects. That he's the one monitoring the radar, and he starts you know doing his signature sound effects that he always does. Um, which is just you know funny little a funny little sequence uh, and probably my second favorite of the entire film, and 
and we see like raspberry jam starting you know starting to go over the screen and then uh, that's when dark helmet he wipes it tastes it and then he he goes raspberry there's only one man who would dare give me the raspberry lone star and then the camera bumps into his face and knocks him over um uh but then you know lone star and barf they Hover over uh, the ship that Princess Vespa and Dot Matrix had escaped in from the wedding, and they rescue her. And but she refuses to to, to leave uh, because she doesn't want to, she, or she's refusing to leave without her her luggage because she, you know she's she's a, she's basically a spoiled little little bratty princess that you know loves her 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 things. So Barf has to carry all of her luggage onto the ship in order for her to agree to be rescued by them. And then when they realize, then the the they have her in the in the Eagle Five, they fly off. And then, but the Spaceballs one still has the, the 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 beam thing to get her vehicle. It's in the ship, so they examine it. They when she when they realize she's not in there, and they find out that Lone Star had say, rescued her, so they go after her. And then uh, the the Lone Star and they go into the hyperdrive or hyperactive, um, and you know, ba- basic with basically light speed, you know, like in Star Wars. And they go, and then that's when uh, Colonel Sanders gets, you know, because he's like, you know, find them, catch them. Um, but before they get to that part, uh, they start shooting uh, at. The, it was before all that when they were shooting at Princess Vespa's vehicle, and the guy and he says, you know, fire a warning shot across her nose. And the guy that was controlling the the gun, that you know, he's he lifts up the visor and he's cross-eyed, and then you know, Darkham was like, "Who made that man a gunner?" And the guy, "I did, sir. He's my cousin, and he's also cross-eyed." So he asked Colonel Sanders, and he says, "He's like, who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole, major asshole." And then he's like, and, and, and his cousin, like he's an asshole to something, something, first class, major, you know, Philip asshole. And then, like, how many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? And then everyone raises their hands. Yo. And then, yeah, just one of my other favorite lines. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> then he puts the helmet back down and goes, keep firing, assholes. <laughs> uh, I swear, the, 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 some of the stuff in this movie, I'm, I, I'm surprised that it got away with a PG rating. Just like with Adventures of Baron Munchausen, some of the shit in that movie, I'm surprised that it got away with a PG rating. It, because it, it would, the, that that kind of stuff. If, if that's the stuff that's in Spaceballs and that's in those Adventures Baron Munchausen, would not be PG at all today. It would at the very, it would be at least a hard PG-13. It would be, you know, it would be either a, P, a hard PG-13 or a soft rated R. <laughs> but back then, the 80s ratings were, were were handled much differently than they are now. Um, but yeah, then, yeah, I was going, yeah, going back to the, yeah, they were, they went into, to hyperdrive or hyperactive or hyper whatever. And then, uh, Colonel Sanders gets on the things like, you know, prepare the ship for light speed. And then Dark Hamill says, no, no, light speed too slow. And then he says, yes, we have to go to ludicrous speed. And everyone's like, oh, <gasps> which, you know, like, you know, of course, as the audience, first time watching it, especially, it's like, I don't understand what's ludicrous speed, and everyone's like so terrified. And Colonel Sanders goes, "You know, ludicrous speed. The ship has never gone that fast before. I don't know if it can take it." Then Dark Helmet goes, "Goes, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken?" Which, you know, of course, so very on the nose with that one. So then they, you know, Colonel Sanders, you know, very nervous, gets on the microphone again and says, "Prepare ship for ludicrous speed. Fasten all seatbelts. Secure all ex- entrances and exits. Entrances and exits." Um, Something, um, and close the shops in the mall, cancel the three ring surface, secure all the animals in the zoo. <laughs> and then, you know, Dark Hamlet snatches the, the microphone. So Sanders, he, he goes over and, and fast buckles up his seatbelt. And he's like, Sir, have you better buckle up? And Dark Hamlet, ah, buckle this. Which, I don't know, that, that one makes me laugh so hard, and I don't know why. You know, so then, yeah, he goes, Ludicrous speed, go. And then as they're going, Dark Helmet's holding on to the railing, and he's in the air floating. And you know how, like, you know, in Star Wars, when they're in, you know, they go into light speed, you have, like, the little swirling lights around them? Well, 
when the the space wall one went into ludicrous speed, instead of flashing lights, it become it goes plaid like a plaid pattern. And then when they f- shoot over the Eagle Five, they even say like, "What the hell was that?" Like Spaceball One, they've gone to plaid. And then they just sit there, just like, "Whoa!" And then, you know, when yeah, Dark Hand was like, "We passed them. Stop this thing." And then uh, another one. It was just funny. Like Colonel Sanders, he's like, "We can't stop. It's too dangerous. We have to slow down first. And then Dark Hand was like, "Bullshit! Just stop this thing. I order you to stop." And then he. Pulls the emergency brake. Dark helmet flies across. Boom. Right into the controls at the front of the ship. And then. It's just funny. Like the way. When they finally get him back up. After he's. You know. After he hit it. His face is all blackened up. From like smoke. And his helmet is crushed in. His glasses are jacked up. And then. You know. When they ask if he's alright. He just goes. He's like. Are you alright sir? And he's. Fine. How have you been? You know. And he's just. So so out of it, speaking in such like a weak little wimpy voice, um, and then you know cut back to Lone Star and them. And they you know they they you know come out of hyperdrive, um, and they they you know they find out that they're out of gas. So then they crash on an, on a desert planet, which is you know I guess supposed to be like a version of Tatooine, uh, Vega Moon of Vega. That was the name of it, um, and yeah they crash there. So then they start. You know, they pack up all the shit, uh, all of her Princess Vespa's shit, because she didn't want to leave without uh, her her things. So, you know, and as they're walking, they dump one, one of her suitcases was so heavy that they open it up to see what's inside, and it's a giant hot air blow blow dryer. It's like literally like 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 almost the size of a bazooka, which is just ridiculous. And then they decide to dump it in the desert, and they keep on going, and then. After that, we get to my favorite part of the entire movie, where they're searching for for Lone Star and all of them, so they they can you know recapture the princess. And then Colonel Sand is like, it's like, like, wait, sir, I have an idea. And then he goes to the he's like, Corporal, give me a video cassette of Spaceballs the movie. And then you know, Dark Helmet is like, Colonel Sanders, can I speak with you, please? And he's and he's say, it's like, how can how can there be a spa- a video cassette of Spaceballs the movie? We're still in the middle of making it. And Sanders saying, "That's true, sir, but there's a new, there's been a new something in you know, home video marketing. Like there has, yes, instant cassettes. They're out in stores before the movie is finished. And he's, you know, Dark Helmet just, nah, he's so he's dismissive of it. And then the guy goes, here it is, sir, Spaceballs. Uh, and it's funny because they have like a whole video library, and all the videos that they were that they showed when he's going through them one by one were Mel Brooks movies. So." Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, it's like blazing saddles, you know, Frankenstein, blah, 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 blah. and then yeah, they get the the video from for Spaceballs. They put it into the machine. Um, they have the FBI warning that they would have. They used to have on all the VHS tapes back then. And yes, and he says to fast forward, and then they're fast forwarding through the movie, and you know, and they're scrolling. You're getting through the parts, and then they find he's like, he's like, try here, stop, and then they pr- they press play, and it's. My favorite, my entire, my favorite sequence in the entire movie, that they are looking at them, and that moment, on the TVs. It's like, like they they see them, they look at the camera, and they look at the camera, they look back, and then, yeah, just my favorite, my favorite dialogue. And I and I remember this verbatim in my head, from dark between Dark Helmet and Colonel and Colonel Sanders. It's like, what the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now you're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed it. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. 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 We can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. How soon? And every single time that I watch the movie and I get to that part, I'm smiling ear to ear like I am right now, laughing my ass off because... It is seriously one of my favorite scenes of any movie that I have ever seen, and like if I made if I had a, if I made a list of top ten favorite scenes of any movie, this might be in my top five. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, yeah, and then that's when they finally pick up the feed where it shows Lone Star and Barf, Princess Vespa, and Dot Matrix on the moon of Vega, and you know that's when they say like we're gonna you know set course to go over there and you know capture them, and. 
And then, uh, then they cut to them, you know, deciding that they're going to find a spot to camp for the night. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's when Princess Vespa and Lone Star start having, like, the Princess Leia Han Solo moments that we saw in Empire Strikes Back, where they're, you know, kind of fa- kind of falling for each-, for each other, and gets interrupted by the Virgin Alarm that goes off, uh, that's connected to Dot Matrix, because... Yeah, as she says it, it's, you know, that was my virgin alarm. It's programmed to go off before you do. <laughs> Which took me a few years to understand what that meant. Of course, I understand what it means now. But, you know, back then when I saw it for the first time, I think I was around 10 years old. I didn't I didn't understand what it meant. But, yeah, obviously I know what it means now. Um, and then uh, they cut to the next scene where... Because uh, they said that they have to get up at, at dawn or whatever. And then, you know, Barf's like, why so early? And then Lil Star's like, what? Because we're in the middle of a desert. And we're not going to get very far when that blazing sun gets up ahead. And then they slowly dissolve into the sun, you know, for, over the desert. And even here Barf, he goes, nice, dissolve. And then they cut to different parts of them walking, you know, de- in the desert. Tired and exhausted and hungry and thirsty. And then they just collapse and we get the the versions of the jawas uh or well it's kind of like in a, like a, a combination of the jawas and ewoks i would say that at least uh, but they're called the i don't know if they're what their actual names are but they're that they they go they're, the way they speak it's like high a very high-pitched you know little thing they go dink they get they go dink 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 um but like we're introduced to them but like it's like they're doing like like a little like dink 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 Dink, 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 and um, you know, what's his name? Uh, some something Cox. I can't remember what his name is. He was the elf in the in a uh, Bad Santa movies. I can't remember what his first name is, but he was one of them. Uh, and I didn't know this until many years later. But and then watching it now, I I see which I see him there. So you know, pretty cool that he was in this. Um, uh, it's not Brian Cox. That's that's somebody else. Um, anyways. You guys, you guys know who I'm talking about. If you've seen Bad Santa, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, then they wake, they you know, they rescue them. They give them water and you know what and stuff, and they bring them over to uh, the the temple where yogurt is, uh, which is it's it's Mel, like I said, it's Mel Brooks. He's painted gold. He has like ears, kind of like Yoda, and, and he's on his knees to so that he can be like like the height of Yoda. Um, <laughs> And then when like when they're introduced to him and he 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 talks about the Schwartz and he has his own little little ring with the with the S on it. And then Lone Star he's like she's like, Yogurt, what is this place? What do you do here? And then he's merchandising. And then Barf like, Merchandising? What's that? And he goes, Merchandising, come here, I'll show you. Open the store. And the the little dink dinks they 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 opened up the store. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this is where the real money from the movie is made. You know, Spaceballs the t-shirt, Spaceballs the lunchbox, Spaceballs the coloring book, Spaceballs the breakfast cereal, Spaceballs the flamethrower. The kids love this one. And last but not least, Spaceballs the doll. Me. Uh, and I wonder, do those, do, do, how many of those, those pieces of merchandise actually exist? I know there's Spaceballs t-shirts. I've seen them on a few stores. Uh, I haven't bought one yet, but I would like to. But like the other stuff, like the, like the, the yogurt doll and the, the, the other, some of the other little props that they showed in there, which if, if a lot, if they don't exist, they need to. Um, uh, oh yeah. And there's also the double mint twins. They're featured a couple of times throughout this movie. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's a ship. Trying to remember what the next part. Um, there's also the when they when the Darth Dark Helmet and all of them they find they get to Moon of Vega and Dark Helmet. He's 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 wearing a new outfit. It's like he's wearing like you know he has like a like a tan you know button down shirt and shorts like you know like almost like how um like like Steve Irwin dressed when he would do his stuff and his the, the helmet that he's wearing. Is like the, like those uh, mm, shit. What's the, what's the name of it? It's, it's like it's it's one of those like like the the heart the explorer hard hat helmet things. I don't know. Uh, that he's like he basically he has an entire new outfit just to be in that desert. Um, and then they they find uh the doorway to Dark Helmet's uh you know not dark, to Yogurt's temple, and then they draw Princess Vespa out because she hears the voice of her father. 
and she sees him when she's went out out there, and then she's running over thinking it's him, uh, but you know Dot Matrix, her X-ray vision sees who that it's really not him, and she's running over and then fades away and it's Dark Helmet, and she faints and he grabs her and they go to the, and then her and the space balls are you know troops or soldiers whatever they're called they. One of them comes from behind and takes the battery out of Dot Matrix. So then they kidnap both of them. On back, we'll go back onto the ship. Um, oh yeah, and then um, and Yogurt. Before all that happened, Yogurt was trying to teach uh, Lone Star how to use the Schwartz, and he was also trying to tell him about the the necklace he was wearing that uh, we first learned about when during when they showed the uh, previous scene when they were on the campfire and uh, Princess Vespa was curious as to what it was because they were talking about where he's from. And that he doesn't know where he's from. That he was he was on found on the door, doorstep of a monastery, and that 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 necklace was the only thing that 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 he that was given to him while he was there. And then Dark Helmet, they or not Dark Yogurt. When he was reading it, he was like he was looking at it. And he's like, like and he's like, oh, you can read it. And like, no, no, I was just clearing my throat. And then he says, mm, yes, yes, of course. And he's like, you understand it? Yes. So what is it? So what does it say? It's like I can't tell you that now. I shall be revealed to you at the proper time. Uh, so then that's when he's, you know, he says, "Well, get back. Let's get back to your Schwartz training." Tells him to lift up the statue. That's right there, and he starts lifting up the statue, and then he loses focus and drops it on Barf's foot, which flattens his foot in the you know very ridiculous way. Um, and then that's when we get to the part where Dark Helmet kidnaps the princess. <laughs> And so then, you know, they fuel up the the ship uh, to get ready to go. And then Dark Helmet gives them a fortune cookie. Um, and he says, remember, open it before you eat it. And then he gives them the ring of the Schwartz so that, you know, you know, they, they keep it. You might need it. So then they fly off to go to Planet Spaceball to rescue the princess. And then we when they, we, they, con- they have uh, Dark Helmet and they have... Uh, Princess Vespa tied to like a t- uh, like a like a operating table, or strapped to an operating table, and they have King Roland on the screen. You know they're you know trying to say like oh we're gonna you know you know that they brought in this guy that he's uh that he's supposed to be a plastic surgeon from Beverly Hills, uh or that he's like he's worked in like so and so galaxies and Beverly Hills, um and then uh, he, she's like nah they're gonna. Uh, give her a nose job, and he's like, nose job? I don't understand. She's already had a nose job. It was a sweet sixteen present, and he's like, he's like, that's not what you think. It's much, much worse. If you do not give us the combination to the air shield, Doctor Schlotzkin's gonna give her back her old nose. And then they show a photo with the, one of the most ridiculous nose I've noses I've ever seen, and she's, you know, of course, angry about that. And she's, like, where did you get that? And then he's like, "All right, I'll tell, I'll tell." I'm like, "No, Daddy, no, you mustn't." It's like, "All right, sweetheart, I won't tell." You know, but I'll, I'll like, I'll miss your new nose, but I won't give them the combination no matter what. So then, you know, the guy takes the tools that he's going to use, and she faints. He's like, "Wait, wait, I'll tell, I'll tell." And you know, it's like, and then when he gives the combination, the combination for the airlock is one, two, three. Four, five, and then they react with like, like so. The combination is one, two, three, four, five. And he says, "Well, that's, that's the stupidest combination I've ever heard in my life. It's the kind of thing an idiot have, would have on his luggage." And then Colonel Zan is like, "Thank you, you're, thank you, sir." And he has the re- remote for the screen, and he hits a button. The screen goes black, and it's like, "What do you do? Just turn off, the, turn off the monitor." Well, wait a minute, you turn off the whole movie. Like, I must have hit the wrong button. I'll turn it back on. I'll turn it back on, and then the lights come back on. And he's like, we're back, and we have the combination to the air shield. And then they turn around, and it's uh, the doctor with his nurse making out over there. Then he's like, yeah, go back to the golf course and work on your putts. You're no longer needed. And then the President Scroob shows up, and they give him the combination to the airlock that was one, two, three, four, five. And he's like, amazing, I have the same combination on my luggage. (laughs) And then the helmet and Sanders, they give the look like, (laughs) Um, and then that's when the when the Lone Star and Barf arrive on the planet and there's a no parking sign so two of the Space Walls guys get angry at them they can't you read the sign no parking so then Barf opens the door flips them off and goes 
So then they go in there, like, you're under arrest for illegal parking. And then they get their asses kicked, and Barf and Lone Star, they put on the, the, the suits and sneak into there, you know, like, you know, in, in Star Wars when Han and, and Luke took the Stormtrooper suit uniforms to get into the, into the Death Star. So then they go to the, to the royal uh, hall of the, of where the, where the, or the royal se- sector of whatever of the prisoners and they f- can't find her until they hear a very deep, um, baritone voice singing, nobody knows the triple S and it's Princess Vespa singing that song. So they're just like, huh, she, she's a bass. So then they open the door and, you know, they rescue them and they go off and it's yeah very much like the original Star Wars, and then they get they get they get stopped by the the space balls that they had uh, fought outside the building where they got the uniforms. The guy goes, "Hey, those are the guys that stole our uniforms and, and beat the shit out of us too." So yeah, they start shooting, and then more of the the space balls guys start coming. Um, and then one of my another one of my favorite parts from this movie that when they're running and escaping because they're out of ammo, so there's a one of the doors closing, so they run and then they dive into the space before it closes shut. So then the the space wall guys comes in and you know put your, get your hands up and then this one guy comes in, he's like spectacular stunt my friends, but all for naught. Turn around, please. And then when they turn around, it's the stunt. It's supposed to be the stunt doubles of each of each actor and the guys are <gasps> You idiot! These are not them. You've captured their stunt doubles. Um, and the, what makes it the funniest is that the one who's the stunt double for Princess Vespa is a dude with a mustache and a cigar. And yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, but then they cut to outside where they're they're running out of the the of, out of space the, the building and they're trying to get into the Eagle Five and they for, the the doors were locked and they forgot the keys. And they're just yeah they're trying to scrambling trying to open the door and then one of the space walls guys like because they Lone Star gives her a gun, Vespa the gun to you know fight them off until they can get the door open so and one of them shoots her hair and that's when she just you know just loses it she's like my hair they shot my hair like son of a bitch and then she just with the gun and then kills all of them all those troops and they're just like holy shit. And yeah, they get the door open and then they go off. But the Spaceball One, when they get to Planet Druidia to suck the air out of the, uh, suck the air from there because they open the airlock, the ship transforms into a giant maid with a vacuum cleaner, and and it's just which is just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in a movie. But you know, remembering what kind of movie that I'm watching. It makes sense because nothing makes sense, and and then when they finally cut to inside the the ship, even the interior of the ship was completely changed from how from the from the ship transforming into you know you know again the the maid with the vacuum cleaner and they even say like Spaceball One has now become Mega Maid, and so then she turns on the vacuum to suck all the air out and then we see uh, snow. Being sucked off of one of the mountaintops, trees from the forest being sucked out, and then King Roland taking his final breaths, saying goodbye to a photo of of Princess Vespa, and then he drops and he's you know he's dead, and and then Lone Star using the ring and the power of the Schwartz to reverse the vacuum cleaner so that it blows the air uh, back in there, and uh, which is just funny because it's like because when when he does that, and you know the when they're all you know dark helmet and all of them are freaking out like 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 what's what's going on like like in well it starts with yeah prison group's like it's like it's like helmet what's going on and then helmet turns to Sanders like Sanders what's going on and he says um it's 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 mega mate sir she's gone from suck to blow <laughs> and then um Mozart get they have to infiltrate infiltrate the ship so that they can destroy it so he enters through the ear. Of the of the maid, and they find a with, with like a scanner, they find a self destruct button inside the 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 center of the head. So then he gets out to go take care of that, and then he 
because there, there's a, a few guards that he has to get through in order to, to get to that part. So he, one, the first guard that he encounters, he gets him like a pinch of the neck. It's supposed to be the you know the nerve pinch. The guy just goes, "What the hell are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, the Vulcan nerve pinch." He's like, "Nah, nah, nah, stupid. You got it too high. You got it's down here where the shoulder meets the neck." So then he gets him again. He's like, "Like this," and the guy just goes, "Yeah," and then he just passes out. So then he, you know, takes his key to open the door, and then. He uses the force because uh, it's a guy shaving. So he gets the can- a shaving cream can. And the guy's like, hey, what are you going to do with that? And he s- just sprays shaving cream all over his face and then into his mouth. And apparently that, I guess, kills the guy. I- that- that's something that I still don't understand. Because he's just, you know, cream in the eye- one eye, cream to the other eye, cream to the mouth. And then the guy's out. I don't know. Uh, but then, yeah, he goes over to the self-destruct button. And he's about to hit the button. But then Dark Helmet shows up and he's like, "Not so fast, Lone Star." And then they, another one of my favorite lines, uh, because first Dark Lone Star goes, oh, "Helmet, so we meet for the first time for the last time." And then Dark Helmet says, "Before, before the you know you die, something you must know about us, Lone Star." And he says, "I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate." And he's just, "What's that make us?" And absolutely nothing. This <laughs> is. So it's like he said that to him for no reason, but it's awesome. I, and then they get into a the the, the their version of a lightsaber fight, which again with the sh- turning with the Schwartz ring that, but instead of like turning it on like you know like a regular lightsaber where you just hit a button, they ball up the fist and then hold it, basically down by their dick, <laughs> and that's how they get the 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 thing. And he goes, "You have a ring, or you have the, and I see your Schwartz is as big as mine." And he's like, let's see how well you handle it. So then they have, like, the most generic kind of fight, where it's literally just, like, you know, foom, foom, circle around a couple of times, and then foom, foom, circle around a couple of more times, foom, foom, a couple of times. And then there's a the part where, you know, Helmet, he swings, he, like, he goes for a quick strike and hits the camera guy filming the scene. He's just, uh, he did that. So then they fight some more. And then the blades from their Schwartz rings actually get stuck around each other. And so, yeah, and then he's like, shit, I hate it when I get my Schwartz twisted. So then they, you know, have to, like, brace each other to pull away. And then, and then we get another the part where he's like, you know, like, like the dark helmet says, you know, if it's one thing I hate, it's a fair fight, but if I must, then I must. May the best man win. So then he puts his hand out to give him a handshake, and he t- takes Lone Star's ring, and he's like, 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 it's like the ring. I can't believe you fought for the oldest trick in the book. What a goof. What's with you, man? Come on. And then he's like, you know what? Let me give it back to you. Oh, and then he throws it and goes down a, l- a little, little vent, vent grate. I'm like, oh, you fell for that too. I can't believe it, man. Um, so then, you know, he starts shooting with his, the lasers from his Schwartz ring, and he's like, saying, like, the evil will triumph because good is dumb. So then, you know, he starts, do, you know, doing a couple little flips and kicks and stuff, and then you hear the voice of Yogurt saying, use the Schwartz, Lone Star, use the Schwartz, and like, I can't, I lost the ring. Like, forget the ring, the ring is bupkis. I found it in a Cracker Jack box. The Schwartz is in you, Lone Star, it's in you. So then he uses the shorts to the little mirror that where the guy was shaving, because and he because because Dark Helmet was like say goodbye to you two best friends and I don't mean your pals in the Winnebago. So then he with the laser like he shoots it towards Lone Star's dick and he reflects it with the mirror. So then it hits Dark Dark Helmet and Dark Helmet's you know screaming in pain and backs up and then crashes right into the self destruct button. So then they all have to get the fuck out of there because the thing is about to explode and yeah the the hear another thing a voiceover on the intercom saying you know thank you for hitting the self-destruct button the ship will will blow up in exactly two minutes and blah 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 seconds and then we get the uh the space theme song that pl- starts playing throughout this entire sequence which it's a very catchy song um if, if you can't Look for it on YouTube, or even if, you, if you're able to find it on Spotify or iTunes, you know, go ahead. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a very catchy song. Uh, and v- very 80s, obviously, very a very 80s song. But 
Actually, you know what? Let me see if I can actually pull it up um, on my, the YouTube app that I have on my on the Fire Stick. Let me see. Uh, you know, I don't know if I if it'll work, but I'm gonna try it anyways. All right, let's see. Go into the search, and let's check it out. See if I can actually pull that up. If I can, that'll be awesome. Uh, boom, boom, boom. And all right, I almost have it. There we go. I think I found it. Let me see. Let me put the volume up so I can actually... Uh, I hope I don't get a copyright check on YouTube for this, but I'm going to go for it anyways and hope that I, that I can get it. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm going to... Yeah, this is the song that plays throughout this entire sequence of the movie, and I just love it. Yeah, I'm gonna stop it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because then yeah, they're all trying to escape to get out of the the ship uh, because before it blows up, so they all start going to the escape pods and start getting some random characters that we had not seen before the movie. Like we see a guy that you know is handling like like the little boom 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 drums in one of the escape pods, and then there's a a the um, a pizza delivery guy that gets on in one of the escape pods to to get out of there. Um, and my favorite one, the, the bearded lady, uh, cause Dark Helmet's gonna get into one of the pods and he gets stopped by the bearded lady and he's like, he's like, wait a minute, this is my pod, who are you? He's like, I'm the bearded lady, who are you, one of the freaks? So then she gets in there and just again, one of my favorite lines, when the pod escapes, you hear Dark Helmet, he's like, come back you fat bearded bitch. <laughs> uh, and then there's one escape pod left, but there's a bear. That's, I guess, I'm guessing from the zoo. Gets into the pod, and then uh, President Scroob is like, Oh, it's a lovely ship. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm afraid you should go down with it. So, bye-bye. And then he runs in there, and he's trying to buckle the seatbelt. Uh, but it's the bear's paws. And the bear chases him out. So then the bear waves bye-bye and escapes. And then, so then the voiceover on the intercom says it again. The, the you know, stuff, you know, the ship will blow up in exactly 30 seconds or something like that and it's like this is your final chance to hit the cancellation button so then they slide they they run down the stairs or slide down the stairs uh so they can get to the button and then they get to the they like, like where's the button where's it and then they flip over the thing and it's the button and they're like out of order fuck even in the future nothing works so then the voice, the thing again on the system like you know like you know 10 seconds you know the ship will blow up in 10 seconds like 10 nine eight six and like six what happened to seven just kidding so then it starts again eight seven six five four mile and then it gets to zero and they're like and she says have a nice day thank you and then they they're holding each other <coughs> because it's gonna blow up <coughs> Whew, sorry been talking for so many long minutes ah with this one <laughs> 
And yeah, my throat was getting a little dry because I've been going for, holy shit, 50 minutes uh, talking about this movie. And yeah, the, the, the thing blows up and all that's left is a piece of the arm and a piece of the head. Because the way the when the escape when the pot the escape pods were going off, they were protruding out of the head of the the ship, it's very much like the Statue of Liberty, which is where we get that Planet of the Apes ending at the end of the at the end of this movie, because it lands somewhere on the on a beach and all that, and it's exactly like Planet of the Apes. The head is right there, and then the hand is up like that with the with the handlebar from the from the vacuum cleaner broken off, so it looks like. The Statue of Liberty, like at the end of Planet, the original Planet of the Apes, and yeah. So then, yeah, we, and we see two apes, like Planet of the Apes. They they're on their horses going down the beach, and it's like, dear me, what are those things coming out of her nose? And it's, it's you know, it's Colonel Sanders and President Scoob and Dark Helmet coming out of there. It's like space balls. Oh shit! There goes the planet. <laughs> and then uh, we also. See that uh, they dropped off uh, Princess Vespa and the and Dot Matrix to back on planet Druidia, um, and then they get paid. Oh yeah, but before they get to, they actually drop her off after rescuing her. They get on their t- they see on the TV in, in the ship that uh, Pizza the Hut had uh, died because he ate himself in his to death in his limo. So then. Barf was like, like, oh, pizza kicked the bucket. We don't have to pay him the million. We can keep it for ourselves. And so then, yeah, they drop off the princess, and then they go off, and they end up at a diner somewhere, uh, uh, where like in the in the parking lot of the of a the little space diner, there's the Millennium Falcon, uh, there's the the Starship Enterprise, and a couple of other spaceships that are there. So then they get into the to the diner. And, uh, there's, um, uh, shit, I can't, what's his name? Um, god damn it, I can't remember his name. I know it, but it's right, it's right at the tip of my tongue. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, Christopher Plummer. Not Christopher Plummer. Is it Christopher Plummer? It's whoever it is from, fuck it, let me, let me look it up. I think it's, I, for some reason I'm thinking Christopher Plummer. But let me check it, because he was the one from Aliens, where, where the, thing pr- comes out of his chest uh but i can't remember his name and i, I want to get it right so let me look through here um for some reason like i said for some reason i'm think i might the, the name that came to my head is christopher Plummer. i'm probably wrong about that uh john hurt that's who it is john hurt uh and even says here in the credits it's john hurt as john hurt um so yeah uh, he's basically you know like from when he was from the alien where where he's he's already and then he's like oh you know, he's like you know starts feeling like he's sick, so and then he's on the table and then yeah the alien pops out of him and he goes oh no not again and then the alien runs off, uh, but before he completely runs off, he puts on a hat, has a little cane, and starts dancing to the you know the the frog from one from the Warner Brothers cartoons the hello my baby hello my honey hello my ragtime gal, and, you know it's. It's one of the most random things to happen, but I loved it. So, yeah, and then they they leave the diner, and we cut to them trying to have the the wedding for Princess Vespa and Prince Valium again. And and even says it like on the little thing outside the church. It says, you know, take it says you know wedding of Prince Valium and Princess Vespa take two. Uh, so then, you know, Princess Vespa, she's angry because Lone Star, you know, didn't stay for the wedding. She's like, oh, he just took his million space bucks and ran. And then uh, King Volan's like, he didn't take the million. He just took 248 space bucks for lunch, gas, and tolls. And then she's just so confused by that. And then they cut to Lone Star and Barf, and they're just like, he's like, I can't believe you didn't take the million. You know, at least we could have stayed for the wedding feast. I'm starving. He's like, you have anything? And he goes, like, oh, yogurt gave me that fortune cookie. So then he opens the cookie, and it's yogurt giving him the message to say what the ne- the the necklace, the medallion on his necklace meant. And it was that it's a royal birth certificate. So because his mom was a queen, his dad was a king, so he's a sort a certified prince. And so then he's like, he's like, I'm a prince. And he's like, which means, like, oh, which means if you hurry, you, there might be a princess in your future. You know, and then, you know, he left a special can of fuel in the glove compartment. So then they 
speed off to stop the wedding. And when they show up at the wedding, Lone Star is wearing the most ridiculous outfit, which is just kind of saying something because a lot of people look ridiculous in this movie. And he's all in white. And uh, even Barf, you know, has his hair done up a little bit. And he's wearing a nice little outfit. And they reveal that Lone Star is a prince. And instead of her marrying the other dude, she marries Lone Star right there. And the movie ends happily ever after. Um, And shit, I've been going on for 55 minutes reviewing Spaceballs. Yes, of all the movies that I've done for this retro film review, I've gone an hour Talking about fucking Spaceballs. Um, but you know what? It's an awesome movie. And like I said, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. And it, it is my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Like I said, you can you can interchange it with Spaceballs and, and Young Frankenstein. Because both of them are amazing movies. But it's just... Yeah. Like I said, this is a, this is a movie that I can I can quote almost every part of the scene. This movie. I've... It's... the Every scene is ingrained in my brain so well that I don't have to watch it to know what to, to remember any of it. But like I said, any excuse to watch this movie, I'm happy to take. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this edition of Retro Film Reviews. Um, if you liked it, give me a like here on the video. Uh, you can also check out my past reviews that I've done here for the, the double feature I did for The Adams Family and Adams Family Values, uh, my review for No Holds Barred, my review for... Uh, Masters of the Universe, Adventures of Baron Munchausen for the uh, the original Lion King from 1994. Uh, you can also check out my other movie reviews that I have on here, like Jane Silent Bob Reboot, Birds of Prey, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, Joker, Dark Phoenix, Lion King 2019, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, Dark Phoenix, Endgame, Captain Marvel, Fighting With My Family, uh, the Aquaman, Halloween 2018, my worst to best vi- rankings that I've done for Star Wars, Superman, X-Men, Batman, Spider-Man, Halloween, um, classic wrestling pay-per-views for, you know, Bad Blood 1997, Survivor Series 2002, Starcade 97, War Rumble 2000, uh, Super Brawl 2, sorry, Super Brawl 2001, uh, WrestleMania 1985, ECW Barely Legal, Beware of Dog in Your House 1996, ECW One Night Stand, and the one that's going to be coming this Sunday, I promise you it's going to come this Sunday, for SummerSlam 1998, and also my just regular podcast episodes that I've done on here, uh, my video game reviews for The Last of Us, and then for The Last of Us Part 2, um, uh, the unboxing videos that I've done on here that I've been having a lot of fun doing lately, and um, just, yeah. And if you're not already, please subscribe to me to the Minutize Podcast on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Radio Public, Breaker, Anchor. Um, check out the Minutize Podcast store for wonderful T-shirt designs that I have on there. Um, the link will be in the description. You can also support the me on Patreon for one dollar a month. That link is in the description as well. Um, just. Hope you're all doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, taking care of yourselves and your loved ones. And thank you all so much for subscribing, for watching, for listening. I love and appreciate every single one of you who do. I truly and genuinely do. And to close this one off, I'm going to start playing uh, the rest of the Spaceballs song because why the fuck not? So this has been Retro Film Reviews for the Manitides Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time.
See you next time. Bye-bye.